Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. We've been in a series called You've Got Mail. We've been talking about and, and reading through these letters through the Bible of, of um, talking about how to teach people how to live back then, but also us here today. We've talked about what it means to walk in faith. We've talked about forgiveness, if you remember that from a few weeks ago. We've talked about how to truly love each other. And tonight, I want to talk to you about the next step in all of that process, and that is, is baptism. And it's not just about the water. It's about being born again. And tonight, I want to talk to you about being born again so that you can have new eyes to see and that you can have a new heart to feel. So a few weeks ago, we, we were in Philemon, and to summarize the story, Philemon was a slave. He ran away from his master, which could get him killed in that day, ran to a city, not to go on vacation, but to get lost there. He runs into Paul. Paul shares the gospel, and Philemon is born again. He's got new eyes to see, and he's got a new heart to feel in the world. And through the gospel, he's convicted to go back and make the relationship right, to seek forgiveness in that situation. If we've been wronged, we let it go. And if we've done wrong, we go and fix it, right? You remember that. And so Paul is writing on Philemon's behalf, back to Onesimus, saying, hey, he's coming back. Don't kill him. He, he's now a part of our family. See, Onesimus was also a Christian. And so he's saying he's now a part of a family of God. When you receive him back, receive him as much more than a slave. Receive him as a brother. And that was, that was huge in that day. That was huge in that day to say, you've gone from slave to brother, to treating like family. The only way to be brought into a family, one of the only ways to be brought into a family is to be born into it. Do you see that? The way that you got siblings, chances are, is that they were born into the family. Even those of you who were adopted, you were born and then you were brought into a family. It's a part of all of our stories. And I want to show you tonight that we're born again spiritually. And that gives us new eyes to see things. And that gives us a new heart to feel things. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thanks for these students. I pray that you would focus their heart. I pray that you would take away the distractions for them to be a distraction. I pray that you would show them what you're trying to show them tonight. I pray that you would convict their hearts of the things in their lives that need to die, just like you've convicted me of the things in my life that need to die. And I pray that you would also bring them up to the things in their life that need to come alive. And the same with me as well. I'm excited to share what I'm learning. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So this concept of being born again seems complicated on, on the front. And it, and it really is. It's, it's, it's a complicated process, but Jesus breaks it down in this metaphor beautifully. And there's this intersection of what happens in nature and what God is teaching. You can see the gospel, like if you go outside and wander around for a little bit, you can see the gospel in like pretty much everything. And the way that clouds move and in the way that leaves go through life cycle. It's like you can see the gospel in nature all over the place. And the same is, is happening here. And he's about to have this conversation with a guy named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a part of a, a social elite club that is the churchiest of the churchiest of people. And these are the same, same club, the same people who eventually were jealous enough of Jesus that they got him killed because Jesus was messing up their whole church game by loving people and forgiving them and setting them free from their sickness, their sin. 
And so they tried to kill him. And so this guy sneaks away in the middle of the night because he doesn't want to be associated with the whole Jesus thing. He doesn't want his friends to know. But he's curious enough. He's heard enough stories at this point that he decides it's time to go have this conversation. And so that's where we pick it up in John chapter 3. The next day, excuse me. That's better. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one has performed these signs you are doing if God were not with him. I want you to pay attention to this. He's approaching Jesus as teacher, not a savior that he's been claiming to be. He's approaching Jesus as a teacher, as if to say it's someone who they can fail or who can fail them. Do you understand? He, they're approaching Jesus as someone who, who, would be, who would be someone that just teaches them something but doesn't change their life. I want you to see the opposite of that. That seeing Jesus as Savior changes things. It, it makes it to the point where he's a person who can carry you, who can help you, who can save you. There's a difference there. A teacher, someone you can fail, someone that can fail you. A Savior, someone who carries you to where you should be to where you need to be. Hold that in, in your pocket for later. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So he's talking about being born again. It's a complicated thing, but it's not at the same time. And he says, once you're born again, you'll have eyes to see. And you'll start to see the kingdom of heaven in your life. You'll start to see things that you didn't see before. Things will become apparent to you. And Nicodemus, thinking he has known everything, starts to challenge Jesus on this. He says, how can someone be born again when they're old? Nicodemus said, surely they cannot enter a second time in their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus is like, I just imagine at some point, Jesus is like, it's called a metaphor. Nick, just never mind, forget it. And so he plays ball with him. He goes, okay, so if you want to take it that way, okay, very, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Okay, so here's a little bit of that nature and spiritual play that's happening here. When you were about to be born, your mother's water broke. You were born of water. There was water involved. He's saying spiritually, there's also water involved. It's a part of the process. It's not everything about it, but it's a part of the process, and it happens spiritually. Next, he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So think about this. When you were born is that it was at someone else's expense. This was a, an idea from Tim Keller that I heard in a message that just changed the way I saw this. When you were born, it was at someone else's expense. It was at someone else's pain, suffering, and blood. You did nothing to make that happen. You simply received it. The same thing happens spiritually. When you are reborn spiritually, it is at the expense of someone else. It is through their suffering. It is through their pain. It is through their blood. That's Jesus. And you did nothing to receive that, or nothing to earn that. You didn't. I, did, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you, go get born. That's not how that works. You simply wake up in that reality. You receive it. You look at it, and you believe, and you receive. See the tie there. You should not be surprised by the saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it will be with everyone born of the Spirit. It says, you're going to have a heart that feels things completely different. And the Spirit will lead you in new places 
in your life. You will be born again not only so that you can see things you didn't see before, but you will be born again so that you can feel things that you could not feel before. How can this be? Nicodemus still challenging. You're an Israel's teacher. You're Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify what we seem, but you people do not accept our testimony. You don't listen. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How should I, how should I tell you about heavenly things and you not believe that? Listen, no one has ever gone, gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. That's the Son of Man. That's Jesus talking about himself. And then he says this, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Something happened back in the Old Testament. Moses was leaving the nation of Israel through the desert, and there was this moment where a bunch of snakes came into camp, and they were poisonous. Their venom was killing people. They were dying, they were being bit, and this venom was going into their bloodstream, and they were dying, and they came to Moses, and they said, pray to God that he saves us, because we're dying out here. And God, in this abstract, almost bizarre move, tells Moses, okay, go make a snake out of bronze, and I want you to lift that up on a pole real high where everybody can see it. And anybody who comes, looks at that, and receives from that, that sight, they're healed, they'll be healed. The venom will be healed in their blood. Bizarre. Do you see the foreshadowing to Jesus? That we have venom running in our veins. It's called sin. And that we come to the foot of the cross. We look at the one that's risen up. And in this case, it's so interesting. What was the animal that brought sin into the world with Eve? A snake. Jesus became sin on the cross so that we can look at him and the venom would be healed. Do you see that? Jesus is saying, I'm the solution here. I'm the solution. And here comes our beloved verse. Maybe you've never known the context of this verse. We love it on mugs, but here we see it in the full context. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Here's something so interesting. Listen to this next part. Here's the verdict. Light has come into the world, but the people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. What does light allow you to do? See, new eyes to see. Born again so that you have new eyes to see things differently. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly. Seen. You have new eyes to see what they've done and been done in the sight of God. And then the scripture goes on, and I'm going to paraphrase this next part. But these Pharisees come to John the Baptist, John, the guy who baptized Jesus, and he's baptizing people in a river over here, and Jesus is baptizing people in a river over here. Same river, different bend, and the Pharisees come up and say, wait a second, you said you were following that guy, and you're over here baptizing people in this name? I thought you were following that guy. Does that not sound like middle school drama? Does that not sound like high school drama? Hey, you said you were with that person, but you're over here, Right? And John goes like this. He goes, listen to me. I've told you everything from the start. I'm doing all of this to build him up. 
And nothing you say nor what you think about me do I care. Because I've been preparing the way for heaven. And in that, my joy is complete. And even more so, I should actually become less in this situation. And Jesus should become more. I need to become less and God needs to become more. And he goes on because he's all riled up. Now he's going to preach. He's like, and listen to me. A man that comes from heaven says things from heaven. A man that comes from humanity is only speaking things of humanity. And Jesus is out there dealing love unlimited. Jesus is out in that river dealing the spirit endlessly, infinitely, into eternity. So I don't really care what you have to say. And then he says this at the end. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will what? Not see life. Just like when Jesus said, listen, you got to be born again so that you have new eyes to see. you got to be able to see what's going on. Born again to have new eyes to see. Born again to have a new heart to feel. In all of this, I hope you see how baptism walks hand in hand with faith. This metaphor that goes hand in hand with putting your faith in Jesus, the next thing he asks of you is that you get baptized. He says, okay, put your money where your mouth is. If you believe in me, take this next step. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he was calling for that. And it is such a huge moment in our lives. And tonight we get to celebrate that with someone. Her name's Kobe Castilla. And I'm going to invite her to stage tonight. And I have a few questions for her. And I'm excited to talk to her. Give Kobe a round of applause. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got some buddies in the crowd. Buddies in the crowd. That's good. Good to see you, Kobe. Heard you just got back from Florida. I'm sure the weather was fine. We're supposed to get her a microphone, right? Uh, intermission while we get Kobe a microphone. You're 100% right. What's up? I'll, I'll answer for Kobe right now. Uh, Florida was great, and um, I saw the ocean, and it was warm. <laughs> was that a good impression? I kind of did okay. I did okay. Watson, round of applause. Round of applause. Really, really nailed the timing on that one. Really nailed it. Kobe, how are you? I'm good. What grade are you in? What school do you go to? Eighth grade in Westridge. Shout out to Westridge. There it is. There it is. Kobe, I got a question for you. So you wouldn't be sitting here tonight if you hadn't made this decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Like, this is the next step for you to be baptized. So the question is, what brought you to this point of believing in Jesus? Well, um, basically what brought me here is seeing all the miracles that he's done in my life mm. and in the life of others. Yeah. And so, it's all, so it's all based off of like your experiences. So you've kind of like leaned into Jesus and he's leaned back right. kind of thing. That's awesome. So the second question I have for you is, how do you see baptism as a part of the process of living a new life? Like what does that mean to you? Well, it's very important to me because this is basically how I'm proclaiming my life or my faith yeah. and showing it the people in my life about it. Which is huge, because like, okay, so the, one of the strongest metaphors for baptism is a wedding ring, right? right. Uh, like, uh, it, there would be something wrong with the relationship if I got to the ceremony and I said, oh, no, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. No, I love you, but I don't want to wear that ring to let people know that, like, we're a thing, you know what I mean? So baptism is like the same thing, where you're going, where you're putting your money where your mouth is, right. where you're following Jesus, you're saying, I believe that you're the Lord and Savior, so if you even told me to run around the building 10 times and bang a spoon on a pan, and that's, that's what I needed to do next, I would do it, right. right? So baptism happens to be that thing for you. Right. That's awesome. 
The third question is, being born again gives us new eyes to see and it gives us a new heart to feel. What do you see now that you didn't see before in your world? Um, I see how important this is to do it and take the next, next step yeah. in it. Do you, see, do you see your peers differently now that you know who Jesus is? Like, do you have more compassion for them? Yeah, I feel like he's loved us, so, like, I should be able to love them, like, just how he loved us, yeah. no matter what they do. Yeah, and you've told me stories, too, like, when you're at school and you see someone who you know is hurting, and you're like, I would have, like, you know, brushed right past that or walked right past that in the halls before, but, like, it caught your eye. Right. Yeah. So what... So on that, being born again also gives us a new heart to feel. Is there anything that, like, breaks your heart now that didn't break your heart before? Um, just knowing that there are still people out there that don't believe in God and haven't taken the next step in baptism. Yeah. So, so really it's that, it's the heartbreak of, like, man, I want everybody to know this love that I feel and this right. hope that I feel. It's great. Um, Kobe, there's nothing magical about those waters over there. But there's something so spiritual in that moment that I don't think we'll even understand the gravity of it on this side of heaven, you know. And Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he prescribed baptism because it is a death, burial, and resurrection. If we're going to follow him, we're going to take up our cross and follow him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, this is a perfect metaphor. Just like Jesus, you know how I'm like, Jesus at this point is probably like, oh my gosh, it's a metaphor. Would you just catch on? <laughs> like, this metaphor of, of being put to death, all these things, the old Kobe that needed to die, that needed to be washed away, that needed to be made new, put to death, and then brought back to a new life. And I want you to pay attention to that first breath after you come back up, because that's that new life starting, Right? Like, because from this point on, you're going to have to learn how to walk again, talk again, make friends again, love people again. You know, it's like, it's a journey yeah. because you're seeing things differently now. So you got to walk different. You know, you're, you're feeling things differently now. So you have to talk different. That's huge. So one of the things that we do, God created the universe with his words. And so they're pretty powerful things, right? right. Um, our words are very powerful too. And so um, if you believe in Jesus, I'll just have you repeat these words after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. I can't wait for you to get baptized. I Go run around the building and get back there. Kobe, everybody. Round of applause, round of applause. Appreciate you, Kobe. Appreciate your time. Appreciate it. It's awesome. So as I talked to, to Kobe about all of this stuff, um, it really hit me that these moments in our lives where we switch from seeing Jesus as a teacher, <laughs> seeing Jesus as a teacher, uh, to seeing him as a savior is a big deal. Because there's probably a lot of you in here that see Jesus as a teacher, and that you come here to Element and you say, well, I just got to learn more. And if I could learn more, if I can just get more holy, maybe I won't fail him on the next, next test. Like maybe I'll get a good enough grade in the end, right? Like that's viewing Jesus as a teacher. Flip that. Start to see Jesus as a savior and that's when our lives change. Things happen after that because that's when you are born again and you get new eyes to see things different. And you get a new heart to feel things different. You see that? And so tonight I figure there's probably no better way to explain this process to you than to tell you my story of how all of this played out in my life. And maybe you'll super relate to it 
Maybe it'll just give you a picture of what this whole Jesus thing is. Like maybe you're here tonight and you're just hanging out with your friends and just chatting it up. But like maybe in the inside, maybe you're like, I don't know who this Jesus guy is. And maybe this is like a bigger thing than I think it is. Like I, maybe that'll connect with you. I don't, I don't know. But so like growing up, I was very average. Like I was not good at anything. I was not bad at anything. I was just like the average kid, right? You've seen the pictures of me skateboarding. You've seen the air I've got at the BMX bike ramp park, right? It's pretty average. But, I, but, but through my whole life, I had this fear of people leaving me. I had this fear of abandonment. And so I would put on this face, I'm really good at pretending, and I'm really good at acting. And so I could like be a social chameleon, you know what I mean? You know the type that like, I can fit into this crowd. Okay, now I'll move over and I can fit into this crowd, and I can fit into this crowd. And this whole time it was just me putting on a mask so that people couldn't see how afraid I was of them leaving me, you see? So I had a ton of friends, but I had no friends, you know what I mean? Like nobody really knew me but it was this pretend thing that I had going on. And that went on through high school, right? And I got this job here at, at Connect after school back when I was in high school. And I thought, you know, throwing footballs at kids and getting paid for it, that's a great gig, right? So, so, so I'm going to go do that. And I met this guy named Josh Sykes. And he just wouldn't leave me alone. So we became pretty good friends. And he invited me to Element every week for two years, my junior and senior year. And I was like, nah, dude, I'm good. Like, I had had some bad experiences with churches in the past, and I was like, I'm just like, I'm not the church guy. I'm not an atheist. I, I think I'm still going to have to deal with God someday, and, like, he's going to deal with me. But, like, but I'm not all about that church stuff. And so he kept inviting me, kept inviting me, kept inviting me. I'm like, I didn't even make up excuses, you guys. I didn't even say, like, I got homework. I, like, just straight up went, no, thank you, <laughs> right? And, and so finally, it was like the end of my senior year, Josh goes, hey, if you go to one element, if you go to one session, you can hop on the bus and you can go with us to CIY. And I was like, senior trip, sounds good. So I came into one element. I sat about right there where Levi's sitting. That's about where I sat. And I watched the drummer the whole time. It was Dudo, the guy who's drumming tonight. And, and I didn't get anything out of the message. Sorry, Josh. I just thought, man, that was a pretty good drummer. And I turned around and I walked out. And that's all I got out of it. And then I go to CIY. And I, and I didn't change my life. But two things happened that were really significant. And on like the, the Thursday night session, I realized two things. One, that Jesus knew my name. That he wasn't so much that teacher guy I thought he was, but that he might be a savior. You see that? It became a relationship thing, and I didn't know it was that. And then second of all, that he was just as unfond of empty religion as I was, because I heard stories of him talking to people like Nicodemus, who had all the churchy social status, but he was like, you don't know anything. You need to start from the beginning, and you need to humble yourself, and you need to love people. Like I saw that, and I go, wow, okay. And so I move on, and I keep this, like, chameleon, like, pretending I can get through it thing going through college, and I end up on this mission trip in Las Vegas. Some of you heard this story, but, like, I show up in Las Vegas, and when you see what they do to women and children in that city, you become very aware of how evil is so real. You become very aware of that. And I had this moment, I remember I was, in the, I was in the community center of Las Vegas on the second floor, in the corner, on the out, like, the indoor track thing, and I had this breaking down moment where I realized, okay, if evil is this real, the opposite has to be true. If evil is this real, the opposite has to be true. And it scared me. 
to have to turn around and to walk back to this person that was Jesus. I had no idea what was next. I had no idea what was coming. But like the more I moved towards him, the less like I felt that shame or that fear of people leaving me. And the more I moved towards him, like things started to change in my life. And then eventually, I think it was like the summer after, Josh texted me and goes, dude, why haven't you been baptized yet? You've been saying you're following Jesus, but like you haven't put your money where your mouth is. Like, why haven't you done that? I go, I don't know. Like, I think I said something like, I haven't read enough. Or like, I, I don't know, do you have a class? I haven't gone to the class. I haven't read the whole Bible yet. Do you see how that is the teacher mentality? That Jesus is a teacher and I've got to get a good grade, so why would I approach that human? Why would I approach that God? Why would I approach that man if, if he was just a teacher? But then I, I, guess, I guess Josh talked me into it. And I think, I think for the first time I started to see Jesus as Savior instead of teacher. And I understood my need for a new life because the old life wasn't working. Maybe you're there tonight. The old life isn't working. And the new life needs to happen. And so I came here, it was in this tub here, and I told Josh, man, I got a lot of junk that needs to be dead in my life. I got a lot of stuff that needs to be left behind in this water. And I need my back to touch the bottom of that tub. <laughs> and he did it. I think he put his foot on me. Like, I was, I was down there for like six seconds, but I wanted that moment. I wanted the moment that I felt the, inside, the things that have been weighing me down, I wanted to feel them die. And I wanted to come back up out of the water and breathe that first air. And something happened that might have happened to you if you've been baptized. You come out of the water, you think everything's going to be different. And then you're like, okay, so everything is normal. Everything's the way it was before. And it wasn't magic. Like, I th I, like the heavens didn't open and angels weren't singing. And I was like, okay, so I guess I'll go back to college. But here, seven years removed from that, if I look back, there was an anchor point and it was right around that time and you started to see things in my life I was born again to have new eyes to see and I started seeing things in my life that needed to change I started seeing the fake things about me and started to change them and it was by God's power and so it's like it was like these slow turns these slow turns and then my heart changed and then things started to break my heart that didn't break my heart before. And I saw people who were lonely and hurting. And I thought, those guys remind me of me. And, and it was more of a turn, and it was this gradual turn. And then here I am today looking back and going, yeah, it happened. I was born again. I had new eyes to see. I had a new heart to feel, and everything changed. Because I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be preaching to you guys. I wanted to be making as much money as I possibly could and living in New York City. But God changed my life. And you need to hear that tonight. Because he could do the same for you. If he could do it for me, and all the junk that I brought into this place, he could do it for you. He could do it for you. And maybe you're sitting here tonight, and you've been baptized, like back at CIY or Summer Fusion, and you're thinking, man, it didn't stick. Okay? But maybe you didn't lean into your new life. Maybe you've been baptized but you chose to ignore the new life that was being called. You chose to shut your eyes to things. You chose to put your heart back in its cage and nothing changed. Tonight, maybe you need to come to life. Maybe things in your heart need to die. 
And maybe things in your heart need to come to life. And maybe you're sitting in here tonight saying, okay, so I have these thoughts. Maybe Jesus is the Savior that he's talking about, but man, I'm not good enough to go be baptized. That's Jesus as a teacher. He's more than a teacher. He's a Savior, and he says, I'll carry you. I'll help you, and we'll walk through this together. All that stuff will come. Just trust me and step into this moment. See, when we put our faith in Jesus, the next thing he says is go. Be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Go make disciples of all nations and baptize them too. Teach them all the things I command them. Do you teach them after you baptize? They need to know that I am the Savior. We can do all the teaching later. Maybe that's you tonight. Kobe's moving into that right now. She's saying, okay, it's time for that new life. Maybe you're in that moment where you're like, okay, I get this whole born again thing. I need the new eyes to see. I need the new heart to feel. Talk to your coach. Go find your coach. Do it during this next song. Call your parents, whatever you need to do. Call your parents, say, hey, I think tonight's the night. If you can get down here, it'd be great. We got time. We'll make time. We'll figure it out. And if you need time to talk to your parents, man, you got a week. We got spring break next week, and we're not going to be here. But we're going to be here the rest of the semester. And if you're feeling this call to be baptized, talk to your coach tonight and say, hey, two weeks from now, we're on. Let's do this thing. Or we're here every Sunday morning. And you are more than welcome to be a part of that service, but also be baptized during those services. If you are ready for this next step, embrace it. Move towards it. Come to new life. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody, just close your eyes. Put your hands out in front of you on your knees, palms up. Close your eyes. I'm going to read this scripture, and I want you to really listen to it. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God, because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed from your sin when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again. But not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever. Because it comes from the eternal living word of God, that's Jesus. As the scripture says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, will die someday. But the word of God remains forever, that's Jesus. And that word is the good news that has been preached to you. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students.